It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blue's Disney On Demand. And this week for show number 136, for the week of February 11th, 2016, we're taking a magical trip. Full of places where true love's kiss can unbreak any spell, magical places in Maine, as well as celebrating Valentine's Day with all of these items connected as we're going to take a trip to Storybrooke in Once Upon a Time. And this week for show number 136, we have one of our favorite staples from Once Upon a Time stopping in. She's somebody that's consoling, tells you exactly the way it is, is always looking out for your best interest, but is just as ferocious. We have none other than Beverly Elliott, yes, Granny from ABC's Once Upon a Time stopping in here this week. Beverly's going to stop in and talk about a variety of different things, love, romance being granny the werewolf once upon a time as well as many other projects that she's been part of like who's harry crumb unforgiven and many other items so we're excited to have none other than granny beverly elliott stopping in here at the show and no show would be complete without the d team and with it being valentine's day and there's love in the air what better way than to have well all the guys from the team stopping in here this week. That's right, the team is a little bit light as the women are missing here this week, but we have Aaron. You have questions, he has the answers, and I want to know. We have Cody stopping in with a little bit more about our very special guest here this week in this week's Hollywood Walk. We also have Jason, who's going deep into the vault with another Blu-ray and DVD you want to review and add to your collection. And let's not forget dusting off those books and taking a look back at what just happened this week in Disney history. There is tons of news hot off the D-Wire from the Walt Disney Company the Accelerator Program, Disney Institute, Disney Springs, the Disney Channel, as well as Marvel, The Avengers, Star Wars, and so much more. So there's a lot of news hot off the D-Wire and all kinds of fun as we head off into that mythical place known as Storybrooke. So we have all kinds of fun on the horizon. So before I jump into this week's show, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by Mickey'sTravel.com. At Mickey'sTravel.com, their agency is knowledgeable in Disney products and have earned the distinction of being named an authorized Disney vacation planner. Being in business since 1994, Mickey's Travel is 100% free with no fee travel agency. With their legendary service, knowledge, and expertise, they are always available to you and help you make the most magical of your vacation that you can plan, have, and make the memories happen for you, your family, and your loved ones. And remember, when booking your trip, just mention you heard about them here on Diz Radio, and you'll get all kinds of special goodies from autograph books, lanyards, and more just by mentioning that you heard about them here on Diz Radio. So definitely check them out, mickeystravel.com, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all VG heads, with that said, lots of fun on the horizon. There's love in the air with Valentine's Day here this weekend. We're going to travel to a place where true love's kiss can break any spell, and many other mythical creatures, fun, and fantasy as we travel to Storybrooke. So let's officially kick off show number 136 for the week of February 11th, 2016. What better way than to celebrate the love, the peace, and the honesty of the world coming together? Because everybody, we are all together in this all over the world. Be right back, all VD heads. Let's officially kick off this week's show. 
Stories, Once Upon a Time, Sundays this fall on ABC. My name is Beverly Elliott. You might know me as Granny on Once Upon a Time. Stay tuned because you're listening to Disney On Demand. Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 136 for the week of February 11th, 2016, as we're getting ready to head to Storybrooke, yes, with Granny Beverly Elliott from ABC's Once Upon a Time, Who's Harry Crumb, Unforgiven, and so much more. We also have the D-team here with Aaron, Cody, Nathan, and Jason stopping in as we're celebrating Valentine's Day, love, true love's kiss, everything that has to do with love, romance, and more, including getting together, sitting on the front porch, and maybe other tidbits. Get ready. We have a fun show lined up for you. So before I jump into news hot off the D-Wire, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at dizradio.com, D-I-Z Radio. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete archives, our latest news blogs, our Lifetime of Disney Player, the podcast archives, and more right there on our official website at dizradio.com, D-I-Z radio.com. You can also connect up with us all the social media outlets on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can also join our DizWire Disney discussion group on Facebook as well. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and more. Just search Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, or Disney On Demand, all of which are going to help you find our fun, unique, quirky, magical little show. And remember, you can find all of these links on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio. And you can also subscribe to our show on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and get the latest shows right there on your mobile device, your Android, your tablet, your iPhone, and more. And listen to the shows as they officially get released right there in your hand, ready to go. And you can subscribe through iTunes and Stitcher Radio. So all of you D-Ads, with that said, let's jump into news hot off the D-Wire and let's jump into Pixar Animation Studios. Yes, and how about Pixar winning big at the 43rd annual 
Annie Awards. Yes, Pixar Animation Studios was the big winner at the 43rd Annual Annie Awards last Saturday evening at UCLA's Royce Hall. Now, Inside Out won Best Animated Feature along with 11 other categories, including Outstanding Music, Outstanding Editing, Outstanding Voice Acting, Outstanding Production Design, Outstanding Writing, and more. And this year was the first for an all-new category, Best Animated Feature. Now, the Best Animated Special Production was awarded to many other characters there, but the Annies are drawing more and more attention from many industries, from animation and more, including the general motion picture industry. Now, they are looking at a variety of different things and even looking at a way of celebrating what they've accomplished over the last year. Now, presenting the coveted Annie trophies as last year were actor, producer, and director Edward James Olmos with actress Rita Moreno. Now, actor and writer Tom Kenny from SpongeBob SquarePants with actress Lorraine Newman from Dawn of the Croods, as well as Alexander Garfin and Hadley Bell Miller from Linus and Lucy from the Peanuts movies and more were all on hand to hand out the awards and make it definitely very special. Now, for those of you that aren't familiar, the Annie Awards honor overall excellence as well as individual achievements in a total of 36 categories from Best Feature, Best Feature that's Independent, Production Design, Character Animation, Effects Animation, Storyboarding, and more. Now, if you want to find out more about this, you can visit them at www.annieawards.org, and you can check out a variety of different things, who the winners are, and more. But let's just say... Inside Out, Pixar was the big winner for the 43rd Annual Annie Awards, placing in over 11 categories. Now, moving right along here, let's get into the Walt Disney Company. And how about the Walt Disney Company announcing a third year of Startup Accelerator program? From Sphero to Lucasfilm, the program continues to inspire. Now, the Walt Disney Company announced this week that it is accepting applications for its third Disney Accelerator program, a program that's designed to accelerate the growth of a startup company from around the world. Now, 10 exceptional startup companies will be selected for a three-month mentorship and investment program that will immerse them in the media and entertainment business. Now, the program begins this summer and concludes with a demo day in October of 2016. Now, applications are accepted all the way up until April 10th, 2016. Now, they have officially released a statement stating the past two years of the Disney Accelerator have led to incredible innovations and success between the Walt Disney Company and our participating startups, helping to establish the Disney Accelerator as a premier media and entertainment accelerator, said Kevin Mayer, Chief Strategy Officer of the Walt Disney Company. We look forward to further shaping the future of our industry through this unique program. Now, the Los Angeles-based program is open to both early and venture-backed technology startups with a vision for making an impact on the future of media and entertainment. Now, the Disney Accelerator also provides many participating companies with investment capital, access to co-working space at the Disney's creative campus, and mentor support and guidance from top Disney executives, entrepreneurs, investors, and other notable business leaders from the entertainment and technology communities. Now, since the Disney Accelerator did start in 2014, which we did report here on Diz Radio, companies from across the United States, Europe, and Asia have participated in building the future of media and entertainment with technologies in diverse robotics, artificial intelligence, wearables, messaging, and virtual reality. For example, Sphero, based in Boulder, Colorado, joined with Disney Accelerator in 2014 and developed, yes, one of all of our favorite toys, the BB-8, right? We all love it. Now, if you want to find out more or figure out how your company can get involved with the Disney Accelerator program, you can visit www.disneyaccelerator.com. We also have a complete link on our official website at disradio.com. 
Now, moving away from that, let's get into games, gaming, apps, and of course the palm of your hand, and a Disney-acquired franchise, and Marvel. And how about Superhero School is in session with the release of Marvel Avengers Academy on the App Store and Google Play. Now, School is in session as they're putting it with Marvel, and Tiny Co's are proud to announce the release officially of Marvel Avengers Academy on the App Store and Google Play, featuring a reimagined Avengers universe, which finds prominent Marvel heroes and villains in their college years. Now, Marvel Avengers Academy lets players explore the aspects of the superhero journey unlike anything that's ever been experienced before in the Marvel Universe. Marvel Avengers Academy is also available to download for free in the App Store and Google Play. Now, in the app and the game itself, players will enroll, build, and run Avengers Academy, the ultimate superhero school for an exclusive group of gifted students. Now, at the Academy, players will discover that their favorite Avengers superheroes and supervillains are reimagined as students, enrolling in combat training, attending classes, and joining sports teams. For the first time in a Marvel game, players will also experience a social side to the campus by confronting rival cliques, navigating through the social startups and downs of their characters, lives, and and also the going-ons throughout the Marvel Universe. Now, Marvel Avengers Academy will also adventure entirely on a new variety that will appeal to both the core and casual Marvel fans alike. So if you're not a hardcore comic book fan or a hardcore gamer, you still will enjoy this because it is just fun to build and continue from it. Now, as they have officially released in their press conference, whether you're voting for Captain America for class president, fangirling out with Miss Marvel, or going on a date with Loki, you're able to blast off into the Marvel Avengers Academy by embracing everything that we all love about Earth's mightiest heroes and giving them a fresh spin, a fresh take, in all new ways that you can find. So, if you love this, if you want to find out more about this, definitely check them out at tinyco.com, or you can search it in the App Store as well as Google Play. Marvel's Avenger Academy is ready to go. Now, pushing right along here, how about Valentine's Day? Yes, love is in the air, as I've already stated here at the show. True love's kiss can break any spell. And how about special Valentine's Day sweets are available at the Walt Disney World Resort. If you're looking for some Valentine's Day ideas, Disney has you covered, as they're putting it, for this Valentine's Day. Throughout the Walt Disney World theme parks, a couple of spots are serving up some tasty treats that you're sure to fall in love with. Now, in the Magic Kingdom, you can grab chocolate raspberry cupcakes at the Main Street Bakery, or a Black Forest waffle with a vanilla ice cream cone. Now at Disney's Hollywood Studios, you can find the Lady in the Trap cupcakes with red velvet cake and a chocolate ganache frosting at the Trolley Car Cafe. Now also available are ganache squares and pops decorated for Valentine's Day raspberry and rolled in dark chocolate with passion fruits and milk chocolate. Now these are just some of the tastings. I'm not going to go on and describe what some of the food is, but let's just say they have these special, special treats. Of course, chocolate, one of all of our favorites, that are available at the Walt Disney World Resort to gear you up for Valentine's Day. Now, since it is Valentine's Day, let's talk about something that everybody loves, and Frozen. Yes, some of you are sighing, some of you are like, oh my god, really? But, Frozen Holiday Special is coming in 2017, with a Broadway team revealed as well. Yes, just announced this last week on all the Disney outlets, so I'm sure this isn't 
breaking, breaking news, but in case it is the first time, a Frozen holiday special will grace the airwaves in 2017 on ABC from the Walt Disney Animation Studios. Kristen Bell, as well as Josh Gad, and all the people you love are going to return as Anna, Elsa, and Olaf, respectively reprising their roles once again. Now, in the director's chairs are Kevin Dieters and Steve Wormer-Skeleton, the pair behind Disney Animation's prep and landing holiday specials from 2009 and 2011. Now, Disney has yet to announce a title or a plot synopsis, or if it will even include songs. But also revealed on top of this, I mean, you know, if you couldn't get enough Frozen, how about the long-known-about Frozen Broadway musical was officially premiere in spring of 2018? Now, its creative team is as follows. You have Alex Timbers, who's from Peter and the Starcatchers, directing. Your choreographer has Peter Darling, who we all know from Billy Elliot and Matilda. Now, there's also going to be music, books, uh, costume designers, and so many others that everybody loves, including the music director, Stephen Oremus, who you know from Avenue Q, Wicked, and the Book of Mormon. Now, of course, there's also Frozen 2 on the horizon as well, but the Broadway event is going to set, take everybody to Arendelle and just have fun with Frozen because Disney is marketing this one like crazy. But a holiday special, I love the holiday specials. I gotta say, even if it's Frozen, I love the holiday specials where you're just taking that time, it's Christmas, you got the lights on, the tree up, and you got these special little nuggets in time that take you back to as many of your favorite characters. So I am excited for that one as well. Now, moving away from Frozen, let's get into something else that is always on everybody's lips and something that everybody is constantly talking about. And how about Star Wars? Yes, but not The Force Awakens. And let's talk about Star Wars Episode Eight that has begun filming already. Yes, filmmaker Rian Johnson is already making a few special modifications to the Star Wars universe. The director, best known for Brick and Looper, has started rolling cameras on Star Wars Episode 8, according to Disney CEO Bob Iger. Now, the Galactic sequel was set to begin in January, but principal photography was pushed back after a few weeks around the same time because everybody wanted to push it back and do a couple of rewrites, add a little bit more Luke and our favorite characters. Now, Iger provided updates on the studio's ever-expanding Star Wars universe during the Walt Disney Company's quarterly earnings call touting the gargantuan financial success of The Force Awakens. Now, it's only the third film in history to collect more than $2 billion at the global box office and the only domesticated release to collect more than $900 million. In addition, he said it earned more than $3 billion globally in consumer products. Now, Iger also said that the company had a simple strategy for the future of Star Wars. Don't lose sight of what sold all those tickets and merchandise. There is no better way to propel this franchise into the future than producing quality products, he said. Filming of Star Wars Episode Eight, the next chapter in the legendary saga, has just commenced and it will be hitting theaters in December 2017. Now, production on Episode Nine has a 2019 release has also begun. Now, that third film in the franchise will be directed by Jurassic World and Safety Not Guaranteed filmmaker Colin Trevorrow, who we all know. Now, everybody is excited for this. Now, Rogue One has just concluded filming. So, while we're starting Episode 8, we also have, you know, Rogue One, which we're all excited for, concluding, getting ready to go into post-production. But... There is so much more going on. Now, Iger also confirmed that the company planned to break ground later this year on the new Star Wars attractions at Disneyland in Anaheim, California, and the Walt Disney World Resort in Orlando, Florida. Now, we all are excited for this, and Star Wars is something that is definitely a fun one for everybody to get involved with. Now, 
pushing along here in news, let's get into Tinkerbell. Yes, Tinkerbell. We're talking about fairies, imaginary things, and so much more. How about Disney Parks planning to use acrobatic drones? Yes, there's a new Disney star, and it's not a character, a cartoon, or a movie. It's a fleet of drones that are going to beam light and perform acrobats during nighttime events. Now, think of them as real, high-flying Tinkerbells. Known as a Flixel, short for floating pixel, the 10-pound drones are part of an elaborate new acrobatic setup for which Disney just filed a brand new patent for. Now, Disney plans to serve up to 50 UAVs, yes, unmanned aerial vehicles, to perform LED aerobatics and beams projected images into gigantic screens to articulate the legs and arms of huge Disney character puppets, which may not be as terrifying as it sounds. Now, the drones will have to keep outside of a 100-foot perimeter around guests and operate no higher than 150 feet above the ground. Now their flight paths will largely take place over water element and restricted areas so then that way no guest would really be in harm's way or anything else. Now in its application Disney also wrote that it hopes that the new entertainment will be a safe and innovative addition to the Disney guest experience and that Disney hopes it will inspire public's imagination about what's next in aviation. So get ready for this one as the all-new drones are coming to Disney World. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm going to wrap up news here. There's a couple more things on the horizon. I'm going to wrap up news and release the reins to the D-team because you have questions, he has the answers, and Aaron's going to stop in and answer all those questions with I Want to Know. We also have what just happened this week in Disney history as Nathan's going to go deep into that library, dust off the books, and take that look back for all of you D-heads. We're also gearing up to hit up Storybrooke with Once Upon a Time as we have Beverly Elliott Granny stopping in here as well. So, before I release the reins to the D-team and keep the show going here, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is proudly sponsored by Mickey's Travel. At Mickey'sTravel.com, with their legendary service, knowledge, and expertise, being in business since 1994, and being 100% no-fee travel agency, they're going to help you book, plan, prepare, get your meals ready, and make it the most magical Disney vacation that you could ever hope for. And just by mentioning that you heard about them here on Diz Radio, you'll also get some goodies from lanyards, autograph books, and so much more just by mentioning Diz Radio. So definitely check them out and help them help you make it the most magical Disney vacation that you could ever hope for. Mickey'sTravel.com, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you Disney fans, lots of fun on the horizon, so many different things, but with romance in the wing, true love's kiss can break any spell. And come on, it's Valentine's Day, so come on, go ahead and kiss the girl. Be right back, all of you D-heads.
Next, it's the exclusive television premiere of Walt Disney's beloved Cinderella. Then Alan Thicke, Robin Lively, and Jay Underwood reprise their roles in the Disney Channel premiere film, Not Quite Human 2. Followed by Videopolis, Star Tracks 5. Tonight, on the Disney Channel. is back. There he is. The boy who's not quite human. Chip, your right leg. And now, Chip's off to college oh. in Not Quite Human too. But it's tough to keep up with the college crowd. Especially when it comes to social graces. Hi, my name's Chip. Do you want to go out with me? <laughs> but when Chip finds someone who's just made for him. Your face is symmetrical. It's a robot romance with a bug in it. Without this, they're scrap metal, and they don't even know it. <laughs> this is some sort of hostile program, specifically for destroying androids. I belong to them. There's nothing I can do about it. Jay Underwood and Alan Thicke are back for more adventure as the Disney Channel continues to bring you original films you can't find anywhere else. An all-new Disney Channel premiere film, Not Quite Human 2, tonight. Hey, everybody. This is Lee Ehrenberg, Grumpy, from ABC's Once Upon a Time. You're listening to Disney On Demand. You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey, D-Heads, this is Aaron, and it's time again for another installment of I Want to Know. This weekend's Valentine's Day, so don't forget to remember that significant other. Hope everyone has a special day. You guys have been busy sending in questions, so let's reach into the virtual mailbag and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Genevieve Jenkins of St. Louis, and she writes, Question for the folks at Disney On Demand. I heard a song a while back on your show, and have since been trying to find it to buy. It was a song about people of all races coming together and being peaceful. I wish I could tell you which show it was on, but it was poppy and upbeat. Any help would be awesome. Great show, your D-Head. Well, this is kind of a tough one, and thanks to 
Jonathan for the assist. I think the song you're looking for is called Everybody All Over the World. It is from the soundtrack of Disney's Around the World in 80 Days. It's available on Amazon in MP3 and CD format. Our next question is from Isaac McCormick and he writes, Listening to the show recently got me thinking so I wanted to present a question to Aaron of the show. In Disney's Not Quite Human, there were a few films in the television movies. We are aware of Alan being from Growing Pains, but were the other actors from anything big at the time? And most of all, can I get these wonderful World of Disney classics anywhere? Finally, I can only find re-air dates of its releases. What was the original release date? Thank you and love the podcast. Well, these are some great movies. The basic plot of the movies revolves around an android boy trying to find his place in the world and wanting to be human. Not Quite Human was released on June 19, 1987. Not Quite Human 2 was released on September 23, 1989. And Still Not Quite Human was released on May 31, 1992. As far as the actors in these movies, Jay Underwood, who played Chip Carson, also played Eric Gibb in The Boy Who Could Fly and Grover Dunn in The Invisible Kid. Robin Lively, who played Becky Carson, is best known for her role in the film Teen Witch, as well as her roles in the TV shows Doogie Howser M.D., Twin Peaks, and Saving Grace. I remember her also being in The Karate Kid 3. Aaron Jeffries, who is played by Christy Swanson, is best known for her role as Buffy Summers in the TV show Buffy the Vampire Slayer. A show I loved, by the way. She had quite the prolific acting career. She was also in two other favorite movies of mine, Pretty in Pink and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And finally, Brian Skelly, who is played by Sasha Mitchell, is also known for his role as James Beaumont on Dallas and Cody Lambert of Step by Step. Unfortunately, all three movies have only been released on VHS, but if you like going old school, they are available to purchase on Amazon. Our final question is from Jeffrey Randall of New Mexico, and he writes, Aaron of Diz Radio, I was talking with some family who were asking me, the Disney guy, some things even I didn't know, so I figured maybe I would present them to you, or at least one of them. They were asking me about a magic shop at Disneyland or Magic Kingdom. I don't recall there ever being one at either place that I am aware of, so please help me so I sound smart again. Thank you, Aaron. Well, there, there have been magic shops at both parks. At Disneyland, Main Street Magic Shop opened in 1957 and closed sometime in the early 90s. Merlin's Magic Shop, located in Fantasyland, opened July 17, 1955 and closed January 16, 1983. Interesting fact, the comedian Steve Martin's first job was at Main Street Magic. At Disney World, the House of Magic opened October 1971 and closed March of 1995. Merlin's Magic Shop opened March of 1972 and closed May of 1986. I remember the stores at Disneyland. I'm sure I talked my parents into buying me a few things. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for the great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron 
E-R-I-N at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads. If there's a price for rotten judgment, I guess I've already won that. No man is worth the aggravation. That's ancient history, been there, done that. Don't you think you're kidding? He's the earth and heaven to you. Try to keep it hidden. Honey, we can see right oh, through no. You're dying to cry your heart out Of course I knew. Her mother was one too before a hunting party killed her. I thought maybe Red didn't get it, but when she was 13 it started. I paid a wizard for that cloak. Keeps it from turning, but she doesn't wear it, and she's found some way out of the house. Why didn't you tell her? I didn't want her to have that burden. It's a terrible burden. That story you told. That was her grandfather. He marked me that night, then came back, found me, turned me. You're... Granny? How are you tracking her? By smell. I still have that, even though the rest of it has faded away. Gods, I was a fool to think I could keep this from her. I am a fool, and I have cost so many lives. We didn't mean to. That's the main thing. Is it? Silver-tipped arrow will drop her. Shh. Follow me. We're approaching from downwind, so we have a chance.
This is Raphael Sparge from Once Upon a Time, and you're listening to Disney Radio. Hi, Gindy Huds. Welcome to another installment of This Week in Disney History. I'm Nathan, ready to take you through another segment's worth of historical Disney facts and potential trivia. So as always, branching off that, let's begin. Kicking off this week, let's begin with a throwback to This Week in Dis Radio History with show number 32 from February of 2013, featuring the voice of Peter Pan himself, Blaine Weaver. Head on over to our archives and check it out now. Now, starting out this week in Disney history, we're going to begin in 1940, when Disney's animated feature film Pinocchio, based on the 19th century book by Carlo Collodi, premieres at the Central Theater in New York City. In 1953, Walt Disney appears as a guest on a one-hour special tribute of Ed Sullivan's hit TV show, The Toast of the Town. Sullivan narrates the life story of Walt Disney with a little help from Donald Duck as the company celebrates Mickey Mouse's 25th birthday and the release of Peter Pan. Other guests include animators Ward Kimball and Frank Thomas, Pinto Colvig, the voice of Goofy, and even Walt's secretary, Beverly Jordan. In 1960, Walt Disney receives two stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, one for television and one for movies. In 1965, Julie Andrews receives a Golden Globe Award for Best Motion Picture Actress, musical comedy for her role in Disney's Mary Poppins. Dick Van Dyke is also nominated for Best Motion Picture Actor in a Musical Comedy, and also for his role in Mary Poppins, but he's won out by Rex Harrison for his role in My Fair Lady. In 1968, Disney's live-action fantasy comedy Blackbeard's Ghost, starring Peter Ustinov as the ghost of Blackbeard the Pirate, Dean Jones, Suzanne Plachette, and Elsa Lanchester is released. 
In 2000, actor Jim Varney, famous for his Ernest P. Worrell character, as well as the voice of Slinky Dog, dies of lung cancer in Tennessee at age 50. In 2001, Disney's second Anaheim Park and the eighth theme park in the world, Disney's California Adventure Park officially opens along with its new Grand Californian Hotel. In 2006, Bambi 2 is released direct to DVD and VHS in the United States. In 2007, Disney World's Pleasure Island officially becomes Sweetheart Island today, tomorrow, and February 14th in honor of Valentine's Day. In 2008, Disney releases Discs of Tron on Xbox Live Arcade. The game is based on the 1982 film Tron and allows players to face off against the evil Sark. In 2014, Blank, a Vinylmation love story, an artist stop-motion animated film by Disney is released exclusively through Google Play's platforms. The Disney Interactive Production is a 38-minute film that follows Blank, an unpainted Vinylmation figure who goes on a journey to find his lost soulmate, Bo. And we end this week in Disney history D-heads with birthdays around the Disney company. We're going to start out this week with Disney legend Wayne Anthony Allwine, who is the third official voice of Mickey Mouse himself, Robert Bob Iger, who was the president of Walt Disney International and later became the president and CEO of the Walt Disney Company, becoming the sixth in Disney history, and Imagineer and Disney legend Blaine Gibson. Well, D-Heads, that's all again for this week in Disney history. Hope you enjoyed, as always, and learned something new maybe you didn't know. Feel free to email me at nathan at disradio.com. I'd love to hear from you. And as always, guys, have a great week, and see you real soon. Did my carriage splash you? Uh, oh, no, I'm, I'm fine. You know, I'm tired of riding. Let me stretch my legs and walk with you for a spell. You carry very little. I don't want to be slowed down. You're running from someone. <laughs> the question is, master or lover? Oh, master and lover. I might take a rest. You, you go on ahead. So if I'm right, you love your employer, but you're leaving him. I might love him. I mean, I could, except something evil has taken root in him. Sounds like a curse to me. And all curses can be broken. A kiss born of true love would do it. Child, no. I would never suggest a young woman to kiss a man who held her captive. <laughs> what kind of message is that? Right. Besides, if he loves you, he would have let you go. And if he doesn't love you, well then, the kiss won't even work. But, well, he did let me go. Yes, but no kiss happened. And a kiss? A, a kiss is enough? He'd be a man again? An ordinary man. True love's kiss will break any curse. It's Disney Blues. Disney on demand. Ooh, I thought you were dead.
With your host, Jonathan Johnson. What? My dad gave it to me. It shows exactly where we are on the planet. Boop, beep, 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 boop, boop. Was this baby? We'll never be alone. You just tell the man you want to go back to your mother. All right, all of you D-heads, so I am back. We've had a fantastic show so far. Thank you to the D-team of Nathan and Aaron for stopping in with their signature segments. And remember, you can always connect up with the D-team on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. Connect up with the D-team, drop them an email. They don't bite, but they might get a little chatty, but definitely connect up with them on our official website at DizRadio.com. So all of you D-heads, with that said, you know, I am going to take a break here from news this week, and I'm going to put a call out to all of you. As we continue on with our show, our magic, our memories, the show continues to grow. We are in our sixth year here at Disney On Demand. Everybody loves all of our past guests and so much more. So I'm putting a call out to all of you D-heads. We are looking for you. We're looking for bloggers for our website. We're looking for people to help out behind the scenes. Yes, we need a caretaker of clips and many other items there as well. And of course, more D-team to be here on the air as well. If you have an idea for a segment, a spot, we have many positions that we're looking for people to jump on board. Now, fear not. You don't have to have any radio experience or podcasting experience or even used to talking in front of a microphone. We're going to help you through that. What we want is somebody that has a true love of Disney. That's what we're looking for. Since we're talking about Valentine's Day and love, do you love Disney? Do you love Disney? I'm going to put it out there like that because if you love Disney and you want to get involved with something, drop us a line. We don't bite and we want to get you involved, whether that's on air, off air, behind the scenes. We need street team. We need bloggers. There are so many spots that we are looking to fill and expand the D team here at Disney On Demand. So if you think you have what it takes, you want to get involved here at Disney On Demand, drop us a line at dizradio at gmail.com. That's D-I-Z radio at gmail.com. Drop us a line. Let us know how you want to get involved, how you want to become part of the team, and I'm sure we have something for everybody. So definitely drop us that line and get involved. Now also, we have some very special days coming up here at Diz Radio, so be on the lookout because we're going to finally, after all this time, be relaunching our store with more Diz Radio product. Yes, from shirts, clothing, hats, you name it. And no, it's not a Cafe Press store. I'm not trying to knock anybody that uses Cafe Press or Zazzle. This is going to be something that's completely different. So get ready for that, all of you D-heads as well. So I just wanted to pop in here, talk a little bit briefly, ask all of you out there, all of you D-heads, if you want to get involved, drop us a line. Get involved here. We are looking for people to jump on board and become part of the show here at Diz Radio and Disney On Demand. Drop us that email at DizRadio at gmail.com. Like I said, we're looking for on-air personalities, bloggers, writers, behind the scenes, and so much more. With that said, I gave you a break of me going on and on with news, but we have more coming from the D-team as Cody is going to take a look at this week's Hollywood Walk with our very special guest. Yes, Beverly Elliott from Once Upon a Time, and we have Jason, who's going deep into the vault with another Blu-ray and DVD you want to add to your collection. There's lots more fun on the horizon with more songs about Valentine's Day, love, clips, excerpts, and so much more, because come on, it is Valentine's Day, and who better to hold down the fort then to make it a man cave here this week. Yeah, make it a man cave. Yep, and we're going to spread the love to all of you Disney fans. So definitely check it out. So with that said, as I gear up here, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to read my Valentine's cards for my children, uh, you know, as they're prepping up to make these cards for mom here this weekend. So let's get together. Let's have some fun. And next time I'm back, I'm going to have none other than Granny Beverly Elliott stopping in here at the show. Take it away, team, and uh, 
you know, have fun. Let's get together. How does yeah, yeah, she yeah. Know you love her. How does she know she's yours? How does she know that you love her? How do you show her you love her? How does she know that you really, really, truly love her? How does she know that you love her? How do you show her you love her? How does she know that you really, really, truly love her? It's not enough to take the one you love for granted. You must remind her or she'll be inclined to say, How do I know?
Let's start those projectors and look at this week's Hollywood Walk. Yes, it's that time again, D-Heads. It's me, Cody, here, about to take you out on another Hollywood Walk this week for show number 136, where I tell you a little bit about the special guest who's coming up in just a few minutes with Jonathan. This week's special guest is none other than Beverly Elliott, who's done a lot of acting in both big screen and also a lot of TV shows. Mostly known for being in Unforgiven, also... Who's Harry Crumb, which was John Candy's first major role film. So that's pretty exciting. Be part of history there with one of the funniest actors to ever live, in my opinion, of course. She's also been in movies such as The Santa Claus 2, and also has made appearances in TV shows, excuse me, such as 21 Jump Street, Alice, I think, among many, many others. And, oh... Silly me, I forgot to mention probably the biggest one. She was in a little show, or still is in a little show. Uh, People may have seen it or heard about it on ABC known as Once Upon a Time. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Granny's in the house. Beverly Elliott plays Granny in Once Upon a Time, probably the role she's most known for nowadays. For those of you who don't know what Once Upon a Time is all about, it's basically a show about fantasy characters, if you will, in their fantasy world. But then also they kind of come back into like a real life. There is a curse. So it kind of takes them all from their, what they're used to and puts them into real life, which is kind of neat. Now grandmas or grannies, they're, they're one of a kind. You know, they're, they're usually your favorite people. You know, they always have that certain smell or perfume on them. They're the best bakers you're really ever going to meet. They always make the best stuff. And with granny, you can almost always count on a piece of candy. Granny in Once Upon a Time is a little bit different of a character. She's not the helpless little old lady that you're probably used to hearing about. Now when I say Granny, a lot of you are probably thinking right away Little Red Riding Hood, and you're absolutely right. That is exactly the Granny that she's portraying in Once Upon a Time, but not the little sweet old my what big ears you have granny no this granny has got quite a bit of sass and some attitude and she's not she's not a she doesn't shy away from a fight either so she's she's pretty tough so she'll tell you what she what's on her mind and she's not gonna hold anything back if you're doing something that she doesn't think you should be doing she's gonna let you know and she doesn't care who you are even if you're someone as nasty and vicious as Cruella DeVille. The story goes a little bit more in-depth, if you will. People who have watched the show know this. It's not all black and white like we're used to. There's so much that goes on behind each and every character. It truly is amazing. So what you think you already know about Granny and the Little Red Riding Hood, you'll find out that it's not exactly what you had thought all along. There's a lot more into it, and Granny has quite a few secrets. Little Red Hood she gives. The hood wasn't just a fancy fashion statement, it was actually a form of protection, which again is something that all grandmothers do. So on top of being sassy and tough, she's also a great overwatcher, if you will. And hey, turns out she's got a nice set of vocal pipes on her. Granny can really belt out some nice tunes there. Well, folks, that's about what we have for this week's guest, Beverly Elliott. I'm going to send it over to Jonathan, and you guys, I'll see you all next week. Have a good one, everyone.
You'd like a room? What's the name? Swan. Emma Swan. Emma? What a lovely name. Thanks. Welcome to Storybrooke. Time is frozen here. Excuse me? The evil queen did it with a curse. She sent everyone from the enchanted forest here. Then why does everybody just leave? They can't. If they try, bad things happen. It has begun. Sorry, I'm late. How would you like a glass of the best apple cider you ever tasted? Why did you do this? Because this is my happy ending. Believing in even the possibility of a happy ending is a very powerful thing. He doesn't know that he's a fairy tale character. None of them do. They don't remember who they are. Everything we love will be ripped from us while we suffer for all eternity. No more happy endings. Every story in this book actually happened. You should know more than anyone. Why is that? Because you're in this book. Where are we going? Somewhere horrible. I will destroy you if it is the last thing I do. Enjoy your stay. Emma. Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blue's Disney On Demand. And as we continue to bring you all the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, many times those are ones on the small screen where you're sitting around, you're watching TV with your family, it's in the movie theaters, so many other places. And with us here this week is somebody you may know from a variety of different things, whether that's Harper's Island, Border Town, you also know her as Granny from Once Upon a Time. We have none other then Beverly Elliott here. Welcome to Disney On Demand. Hi, welcome. Hello, everybody. It is our pleasure having you on. I mean, so many of your resume, everything from Unforgiven to so many different features and television roles. I mean, you name it. I guess with that, sagging way as I always do, what led you down the role of uh, becoming an actress? Um, Wow. I think it's one of those things that you always know. you know, I often I, I'm I marvel at people who don't know what they want to be when they're when they're young, or they at least don't know the field that they want to go into. Ever since I can remember, I always just wanted to perform. You know, I I made a hairbrush, a microphone, an ice cream scoop, a microphone. I took blankets and flung them over clotheslines and made a curtain so I could have a stage that I could peek through and and come out and and. Uh, sing and tell stories and do skits for my neighbors. So um, I just always loved the idea of being in front of an audience, whether at first it was on stage. And then when I realized, oh, there's a whole other medium available, that being film and television, then I moved in that direction. But it was kind of just in my... uh, in my uh, in my bones. <laughs> well, you know, with that too, it's been it's been so fruitful for you too. I mean, so many different roles and whatnot. Um, you know, was there any of those earlier on roles where you realized, wow, this is it, and it definitely is going to be the rest of my life? 
Oh, I wish that confidence was always there. You know, this business is so (laughs) funny because you just leapfrog from one job to the next, hoping that, you know, oh, I hope I'll get another one after this. Um, There's a couple of times that I thought, okay, you know, this is, you know, the, the doors are wide open. But they aren't really. You really never stop the hustle and you really never stop just learning and growing and putting yourself out there and, and auditioning for more projects, you know, unless you become a superstar. Uh, the handful of people that are the superstars, then I don't think they have to audition anymore. But most of us are the character actors and and the people that uh, career, you know, um, working actors, we continually kind of have to look for the next job. When I worked with Clint Eastwood and I did Unforgiven, that was pretty cool. And I thought, oh, okay, we'll see what's going to happen after here. But Maybe if I would um, moved myself to L.A. instead of staying in Vancouver, uh, things could have changed. But I wasn't ready at the time. I wasn't ready to uh, to leave my home here. So I just, you know, continued going from job to job. And also when I worked way back, I don't know if you knew this, when I worked on Who's Harry Crumb with John Candy. That Fantastic was- film. Oh, my God, and a fantastic man to work with. He was so lovely, so wonderful. And at the time when they were finishing up the film, um, the director called me at home and said, we need you to get down here to L.A. because we're reshooting the end of the movie. And I went, okay. And uh, so I flew down, and um, we re- we changed the end of the film. So John comes in. I played his secretary. He comes into the office and says, and we get another call. There's another job. And basically the movie's saying, to be continued, you know. And uh, John Candy said to me, the reason we're doing this is because we're making a sequel, and you're my secretary, and you're coming with me. And I just thought, (laughs) oh, my God, this is it. But darn it all, the movie didn't do well enough to merit a sequel, and so it didn't happen. Anyway, story of the business, hey? Well, you know, and, and like you said, it, it you know, it, it didn't uh, perform as well as it should have. But, you know, I think that film, it was worthy of a sequel. I think we could have easily had a few sequels out of there, especially with John Candy at the helm. Totally. Totally. I know, because he did have a huge following. And it was the first film that he was the lead. You know, he'd always been supporting or, or you know, in uh, the, the best friend, Albert, you know, with Steve Martin and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I think that was... No, that was after. That was after. But um, anyway, it was his first lead in the film, and I guess they... It just didn't, it didn't go. Well, you know, getting back to, like you said, too, you know, with Unforgiven and not being able to, you know, leave home. And that also is going to bring us to another form of home. And all of our Disney fans are probably itching for me to get to Once Upon a Time and being Granny. How did that come about being this uh, ferocious tale of a, uh, uh, I guess, a sweet, humbling, you know, grandma, mother figure, but at the same time, a ferocious werewolf? <laughs> Isn't that fantastic how, it's, how Granny's part was written? The, it, the writers are just so smart that they just take these iconic fairy tales and then give them histories and backstories that just twist and surprise everyone in a, in a rich and delightful, delicious kind of way. Um, yeah, I just once again just went out and auditioned. There, there, were, there was a call for the role here in Vancouver, and I auditioned for it. And for some reason, they saw what they wanted in in what I brought them, and uh, even though I was a little bit younger, um, I got the part, and it's been just nothing but fantastic since then. It's, you know, because we're in our fifth year of filming, 
and I'm not in all the time, but I'm in sporadically, and I always love what they write for me because usually there's some kind of a zinger or a you know an offhand comment or <laughs> something that you don't you know predict a grandmother character to be doing. It's more like the grandmother from um, Did you ever watch the Beverly Hillbillies? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like the, the granny character from there who's tough as nails. Or someone else said, like, the Bugs Bunny. There's an old granny character in a Bugs Bunny cartoon that she's really, you know, ah, she doesn't take any take any crap from anybody. <laughs> well, with this character, too, you know, like you said, they've done so well with changing around, you know, different takes of these characters. And, you know, earlier on in the early seasons when they were telling the backstories and whatnot, um, you know, when you were reading that backstory of, you know, of Granny and that whole episode or that had that segue with you and Megan Ori where it was kind of explaining your backstory, um, what was your initial take when you sat back and kind of took this all in? It was just shocking. Yeah, I... I and and once again just fantastic because didn't see that coming didn't realize that holy this is what uh, this is who I am um yeah no I was I was so happy and I just love the writing that you know Adam and Eddie have done because it's given us uh, it's just given us something to bite into that's outside of the ordinary you know they really have pioneered new ground with all of these characters and uh and it, thank god the fans like it and love it and keep loving it and uh they keep writing more and more so yeah no just happy 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 well you know and like you said you know you're you're not always on every episode of course but you know there's a lot of those characters that everybody loves from lee ehrenberg mary megan ori yourself where you continually you know come back you're in the story you're in the background even in some of the scenes just because that creates storybrook um is it still that i guess off offset is it uh almost like a family as well is it just you know warm and everybody's having fun you know off camera as well each time you return oh no nobody talks to each other at all no I'm kidding I'm kidding I'm kidding <laughs> now when you know people for this long and you're there for you know because often when we're filming we're there for 9 10 11 12 sometimes 15 hours not often that much but sometimes you're there for a long time so you're pretty comfortable with everyone and uh you know it depends what the scene is if it's a serious scene and there's a lot of uh emotion which often there's often a lot of emotion People respect each other's space and just give them, you know, what they need to stay in the emotional state or the, you know, the truth of the scene. But if it's a big town scene and we're all just running in and, you know, oh, my God, there's often a lot of play and fun and, and, um, you know, lollygate. You know, it's, it's pretty good. It's really good. You know, everybody's pretty comfortable. And especially when we come back at the beginning of a new season after hiatus. The poor director that's on the first first episode because everyone's like, hi, hi, oh my gosh, it's like a family reunion. And the director just has to, you know, allow the first 15 minutes, no work is going to be done. Everyone's got to say hello and hug each other. So that's pretty great. Well, you know, and with that character, uh, you know, with playing Granny and whatnot, and of course the direction that the show has taken now over the seasons and continually shifting just when you think they've got to figure it out, they don't. I have to say Granny is one of those that no matter what, always stands her ground. She's always happy to see everybody. But for some reason with Regina and Rumpelstiltskin, she still holds her ground in the way she feels about them. Is that, uh, is that something where she's just kind of set in her ways? 
Well, I think it's pretty cool, you know, because, and, and you know, honestly, I have been uh, taken a wrath from Regina and, and from Rumpel. They've, if, if we're going to have a fight, guess who's going to win? It's usually not me. <laughs> but I do stand up as far as I can until they, you know, get the final, the final strip. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I like it because overall they've written the women to be very strong in this series. And I think that's why it's working too, because it's so inspiring to a lot of young girls that are used to seeing princesses as, you know, just really beautiful women that are waiting for their handsome prince to come and rescue them and, and save their lives. Whereas that's not the case with these gals. They're very tough and they're very, they're warriors, they're fighters and um, they make mistakes. They get forgiven and they're, you know, back on the horse again. So I think I just fall into line with that. You know, all of the women have been written very strong. The men, too, but that's not as unusual. You know, well, and well, the men have been written as weak as well, as vulnerable. So, you know, the scenes where Rumpelstiltskin is um, is vulnerable, oh, my God, they're just heartbreakingly beautiful. Robert Carlyle is just such a good actor, you know, and so when he has to play the fall of Rumpelstiltskin, it's, I think it's, that's also what pulls the heartstrings. You know, because it's not the traditional male-female. Anyway, you were going to say? Oh, no, definitely. Especially because, like you said, even with Rumpelnet, it's one of those that even, I feel, even men can relate to that because it's always, you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing with the best intentions, but is that the correct way to go about it? And there's so many great stories about that and all the different directions. Now, is there one specific episode that you have ever looked back upon or watched that, you know, is one of your favorites from the past seasons? Oh boy. Well, for me personally as an actor, um the one that revealed red handed I guess that revealed our backstory was my favorite because it was there was just so much for me to do. Um but um uh, overall I I don't know. I really like the arc of um with the Wizard of Oz arc when um Zelina came in cuz I just think Rebecca Mater is such a powerhouse and watching her work as Zelina is fantastic um yeah I, I think with everybody we have different arcs that we prefer more than others like some people really like the Frozen some people not so much the Peter Pan even though Robbie Kay I like I'm just so I'm not surprised his career has just taken off he's just such a dynamite actor so, I don't know, does that answer your question? <laughs> and definitely, you know, and I guess, you know, before we move on to some other things as well, I guess with Once Upon a Time, um, you know, there's always things that happen, you know, throughout filming a series. And whether that's Once Upon a Time or Unforgiven or uh, Who's Harry Crumb, anything from your career, do you ever have uh, one of those stories that if you were ever to sit down and write some memoirs, that would be the one to make sure to get it in, whether that's, you know, just meeting somebody or, or a laughing sometimes on set or just one of those memories that it's a touching story to you to this day oh man well you know there yes there are a few and um well i remember when i was on set dead man's gun and i was playing the part of a prostitute and um henry winkler you know henry winkler is playing the hangman in town, he's the, the local hangman, and he comes over and he's trying to buy me a drink because I'm a you know lady of the evening, and uh, I take my drink and I, you know, I down it, and then do I 
Yeah, I down it and then I splash another one in his face, I think, and I say, I wouldn't sleep with you if you were the last man in town. Um, hangman. You know, so basically here it is, you know, someone of my lower status turning him down because he hangs people, basically. Everyone in town hates him. But the drink that I had to down was made of tea, so it looked like rye alcohol. And uh, I was just two and a half months pregnant at the time, and I hadn't told everyone yet because I was just waiting to make sure that, you know, this was, everything was fine and my body was healthy and this was going to happen. And uh, so, but I couldn't drink the tea because I was so nauseous and it was full of caffeine. So I'm trying to get the props, man, to change the tea, but they're ready to roll and the the director's going, okay, action, action. And I'm just going, I I need um, chamomile tea. I, I can't drink this. And the props guy is going, just drink it, just drink it. And I'm like, I can't, I can't drink it. And he's going, just drink it, just drink it. And Henry Winkler says, why can't you drink the tea? (laughs) And I'm trying not to make a big deal of it because I'm only in for the day. I'm just a day player on this here. And I turn to him and I say, because I'm pregnant. And he says, oh, stop production. Get this woman some chamomile tea. She's having a baby. And he announces it to the whole room, to the whole crew. So like 90 people are coming up to me and saying, oh, congratulations, congratulations. And meanwhile, I hadn't even told my mother yet. So it's like, I got to get to a phone. I got to call my mom before she hears it from someone else. So that was pretty cool. But there's been, you know, when you're working with, I find when you work with the the icons, the, the greats that have been around, and I've had the opportunity to be in the company of quite a few of them, like Kathy Bates, Gene Hackman, Patty Duke, um, Clint Eastwood, as I said, Richard Harris. Um, they're always there's always a commonality of just grace and humility and um, just a level of professionalism that puts me in a state of awe. And I've had you know beautiful exchanges with each of those people. Patty Duke was at a point in my life when when I was I just newly become a single mom. I went on, you know, I had my baby and but it didn't work out and I was got cast as this nanny in a movie with Patty Duke and I was a mess and I couldn't it was just a scene with her and I and this baby on set and um so I ended up telling her what was going on and she took me to her trailer and we talked and you know she'd had quite a few marriages so she kind of put me in, in a place like it <laughs> I love when that happens you know when you're the universe lines you up with somebody who's got the answers and when it's somebody of you know that's celebrity it kind of has a bit of a mind-blowing aspect as well you know definitely you know and you know like you said there's just so many different times when you're working with people and you know i've come across that as well where you just have that chance and that moment to you know work with some of these people that you know leave a lasting impression on you now i guess you know we know you're busy you have a lot of different things going on now do you have anything upcoming as well you know of course you know the re, uh, the reprise of the next uh, you know the second half of the season for once upon a time but is there anything else that you guys that you have going on that we're going to be able to see you in or hear you in or what well as a matter of fact i mean a movie on January 31st. It's called All Things Valentine, and uh, it's on the Hallmark Network, I believe. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I'm hoping we see the return of Granny, especially, you know, before the end of the season with that. And like you said, so many different things that you have coming up with Puppet Killer. And you can't go wrong with a nice Hallmark feel-good movie, you know, especially in time for Valentine's Day. Well, you know, it was our pleasure having you stop in, chat with us, take this time from your busy schedule. And for any fan out there, fans of Beverly, fans of everything you've done, fans of Once Upon a Time, is there any final words you'd like to leave out there uh, for all of your fans out there listening in? I just wanted to say thanks to all the fans out there who watch once upon a time like we would be nothing without you and truly you've just um you've opened up the world for me you know with twitter and facebook and everything i have people wishing me well from kuwait from spain from brazil australia it's just it's kind of mind-blowing how many people around the world support this show love this show and reach out to let us know and i just have to say like thank you that's that's just fabulous and we love it and keep on sending the messages find me on twitter at the real beverly or on facebook and uh yeah it's it means the world because uh when i go to the fan conventions and i get to meet you in person it uh it explains to me why this is such a phenomenon because everybody tells me their stories and and how once upon a time has affected their life and in such a positive way so I love doing that, meeting the fans face on and uh, and getting to shake their hands and talk to them. So anyway, thanks for having me here, and uh, I really appreciate it. And I love being part of the Disney family. Like, this is a dream come true. I used to watch Walt Disney on Sunday nights with my mom and dad on the couch. So the fact that I can uh, say I'm a part of this giant family that brings so much love and joy to people's homes um, – is a is a really cool thing. Well, thank you, Beverly, once again for stopping in, chatting with us, and you know, I'm I'm excited for the uh, you know kickoff more Once Upon a Time, seeing you in the upcoming Hallmark film, and so much more. So, thanks once again for stopping in. Thank you so much, and it's been a pleasure, a pleasure talking with you. A fortune in ransom. I don't care what they want. I'll pay anything. A mystery in the making. You don't know anything about this kidnapping, do you? There's only one man tough enough to intimidate the suspects. Smart enough to uncover the clues. Brave enough to catch the kidnappers. Who is that? Harry Crumb. <laughs> That's right, the Harry Crumb. He's the last in a long line of great detectives. My reputation precedes me. Otherwise, I'd be late for all my appointments. <laughs> He's a master of disguise. I am Beju Dilioche. Could you spell that, please? I don't think so. Try it with a D. His mind is like a steel trap. You find that crazy typewriter, and you'll have your kidnappers. It's no wonder they took her. Just look at her. She's perfect. Perfect? Yeah, I don't know. Look at the size of her head. She must be enormous. You get paid for this? Usually, yeah. Are you a fly fisherman? Fishing is my life. Who's Harry Crumb? (laughs) He's the best at tracking down the worst. Nimble yet clumsy. (gasps) Cunning yet naive. He's a man's man. Loved by women. He's coming on strong. He's coming through. And he's coming to a theater near you. 
Harry Crumb. John Candy. Looks like this one can get a little rough. Who's Harry Crumb?
Mike Gabriel. I'm a Disney director, animator, production designer, story man, character designer. I've done everything there. I've been there 35 years. Uh, I worked on directed Pocahontas, directed Rescuers Down Under, made a cool short called Lorenzo you might have seen, and uh, production designed Wreck-It Ralph, among other things. And I did the corporate logo, too, the, the castle logo with the fireworks and all that. I got to make that. So anyway, I'm so glad to be here at Disney On Demand. Oh, my siestas are getting shorter and shorter. identification. EC82. Hey gang, it's me again, Jason. Welcome back down here to the vault, where a good slice of apple pie is always appreciated. It's as if 2016 is bringing brand new things here to the vault. Well, what do you mean? Will the same bad jokes fly? Absolutely. But we're now with more humor. Not only will I bring you the best in Disney Blu-ray, as I always have, but there may come times that we may have to delve into one character and point out great places to view them, as we did last week with Chewbacca, or, in the case of this week, exploring a single episode of television. This week's guest is not shy when it comes to her baked goods or her hunting skills. Granny, better known as Beverly Elliott, from the hit ABC show Once Upon a Time, is taking time away from the diner to join us here on Disney On Demand. Rather than recap the series, which I've done seasons 1 and 2, episodes 26 and 84 respectively, I went back and found the IT episode that made me say, Dang, Granny, you kick butt. So... Be prepared to bridge two worlds as we look at episode 15 of season one of Once Upon a Time, entitled Red Handed. In this episode, it really is a Ruby Granny-centric story. Let's talk about the storybook goings on before we get into the real meat of the story, as in the backstory of Granny and Ruby. Emma that's Miss Swan if you're Regina, is in the middle of investigating David, that's Prince Charming to you and me. Seems his real-world love interest and wife, Catherine, has gone missing. If you've ever watched Dateline, you know you go to the husband, boyfriend, lover, whomever first. Since there is really no evidence tying him to the crime, Emma lets David go. Of course, her eagle eye still on him. When you can't get anything accomplished, what's the best thing to do? (laughs) I eat, and that's what we do in Storybrooke. 
and Storybrooke is known for grannies, the best diner in, well, all of a made-up town in Maine. It's run by Granny and her granddaughter Ruby, played by the, our former guest, Megan Ori. Ruby is jealous of Pinocchio, I mean August, who's been traveling out around the world. That's the type of life Ruby wishes to have. Granny, being protective as she can, doesn't see it that way. After a bit of a spat, Ruby charges out of the diner to meet Emma and Snow White. We just call her Mary Margaret for now. She doesn't realize who she is yet. She's, she's still sleeping. Seeing she's out of sorts, the ladies posse up and take Ruby to the sheriff's office. Oh, not for anything bad. It's just one of the safest places in town. While there, she and Emma's son Henry, or is it Regina's? I get confused, especially in the early seasons. They go through the paper. Ruby's looking for a new job. Henry, I would hope he's reading the comics, but that's a whole other issue. It is there that Emma offers Ruby a job. Ecstatic, she goes to Granny's and boasts about her new job. Granny can't stand it and tells her how she sees it. Ruby, it's the exact same job with the lousy hours and no free pie. I mean, come on, it's all about the pie. Compelled to understand the David situation, Mary Margaret goes back to Catherine's scene of the crime. She runs into David who's acting out of sorts. I think I would be a bit more concerned for my safety as opposed to David's mental state, but it's a whole other issue. I guess that's what happens when you're trying to understand that you may be from another place and another time. Mary Margaret goes to the sheriff's office and tells Emma about it. It's now time for the, a little Cagney and Lacey work as Emma and Ruby are now on the hunt to find a confused David. Ruby takes a lead, following the tracks and discovering a barely conscious David. Here's the kicker. Prince Charming has no idea how he got to where he is, and Ruby has no idea how she skillfully found him. They take David to the hospital where Regina barges in, claiming she is the emergency contact. You've got to love a woman who can take charge and do it in heels. Regina really is one of my favorite baddies. Emma feels something isn't right. First off, Emma and Regina really don't like each other. It's the whole child issue, and uh, you know, there's plenty of issues to go around. Then there's the whole wicked queen hiding underneath thing, you know, like I said, complications. With her senses tingling, it's time to send Ruby back out on the trail. On Emma's orders, Ruby is sent to the troll bridge, I mean the toll bridge, to look for clues. There she discovers a box with a human heart inside. Hmm, this sounds familiar. And here's the other clencher. The fingerprints that cover the box belong to Mary Margaret. Boy, you've never been told this part of the Snow White story when you were a kid. Finding hearts and fingerprints aren't really her style, and Ruby decides it's best that she returns to Granny's. That is, if she'll take her. And we all know, of course she will. She's Granny! In confidence, Ruby apologizes for her actions and admits of a small problem she's been facing. It seems she's experiencing extreme pains monthly near and around these mysterious marks on her arm. Granny stares at it with a knowing glance, but changes her demeanor only to calm Ruby's fears. But that's only the beginning. Now that is just the storybook side. Here's the past revealed to us as we travel to the Enchanted Forest. See, in the Enchanted Forest, Ruby is known as Little Red Riding Hood. See it now, Ruby Red? Now you got it. She lives with Granny. Her Granny. Seems there's a big bad problem going around the village, namely a wolf. Full of energy and adventure, as we saw how she was with August and Storybrooke, Ruby wants to go with the team to kill the beast. Oh wait, wrong story, but same idea, you know what I mean. Granny refuses, only stating it is for her protection, and, oh by the way, wear this cloak, and if Granny says it, you do it. She's kind of like Oprah that way. 
The next morning, Ruby goes about her chores only to find a sleeping Snow White, now a fugitive of the Evil Queen and going by the alias Mary. Still seeking adventure, Ruby helps Snow White stay hidden, but it is Snow who discovers there is more to this village than it appears. The well is filled with blood and the mob of hunters are dead on the ground. Definitely not something you want to put in a travel brochure. What happens when many are murdered in a town? Well, you call a town meeting. It is there that everyone vows to destroy this beast, but it is Granny who stands up to the mob and tells them of her encounter with a wolf. A wolf from 60 years prior who slaughtered her family and left her with this scarred arm. She tells them there is no way to kill it and never tell a determined woman that. It's now up to Ruby and Snow to kill it. Ruby knows she's right for the job. She has keen tracking skills, and well, Snow is a fairly decent hunter. One's got the brains, the other's got the look. Let's go make some money. Oh, wait, let's just kill a wolf. Ruby discovers wolf prints that transform into human boot prints. They aren't dealing with just any wolf. This is a wolf with a fashion sense. Seeing where the boots lead leaves Ruby unsettled as they go towards her true love's cottage, Peter. Get it? Peter and the wolf? Now you're getting it. Ruby comes up with a plan. She will stay with Peter on nights of the full moon, which it happens to be one soon, and Snow will pretend to be red so Granny doesn't worry, and all the world will be right, except Granny finds out about Snow. Epic fail. Granny then tells Snow that Ruby is actually the wolf, and it's her family's curse that has plagued them. Granny was once a were-like creature, but due to her age, she lost her appetite and transformative powers. Using Granny's diminished sense of smell, Snow and Granny find Ruby, but it's too late for Peter. Being the bad mamma-jamma she is, Granny shoots Ruby with a silver-tipped arrow and commands Snow to cover her with Ruby's cloak. Because we are in the Enchanted Forest, it's a magical cloak that prevents the wearer from transforming. Instantly, she's back to human form, only to be shocked with her discovery. Villagers do taste better in the pale moonlight. The mob is closing in, in which means it's time for our band of Merry Marys, okay, only one Mary, but you get it, it's time for them to escape into the woods. Now you can't go into watching Once Upon a Time without knowing you are going to be jumping between the Enchanted Forest and Storybrooke. If you haven't been watching the show, shame on you. I know, like me, you have a lot of things to do in your day. Find some binge time to really explore this show. I know as D-Heads, we've all wondered what it would be like if all of our favorite storybook characters came to life. You mean this isn't real? Oh man, way to bum a guy out. But in all seriousness, it's great seeing living, breathing characters of some of your favorite stories, and most importantly, animated classics. I love all the play on words, worlds, and touches that this show has been able to do. Yes, there have been some changes to characters along the way and their origins, but it all fits in this context of the program. It is so well written that children and adults and childlike adults can watch the show together and get the same sense of adventure and fantasy out of it. What compels me to this granny story in particular is how this character is written. Most people would write old characters as feeble and weak or timid and shy, not granny. Whether she's in Storybrooke or in the Enchanted Forest, she's a force to be reckoned with. She can wield a crossbow without batting an eye as easily as she can bake an apple pie. See, it all goes back to pie. I'm happy to see character types being shattered, especially on a show like this, where princesses could be overly princessy and adventures can be trite. So take some time and binge on some Once Upon a Time. 
I don't want to spoil the remaining season, but it looks like it's going to be one hell of a ride, and if you are a viewer, I know you know what I'm talking about. So I will file this under A for apple pie and see you again next week with a new blue for you to view with me here in the vault. You can always drop me a line down here. It does get a little lonely at times. Emails are always welcomed. Jason at DizRadio.com. Pretty simple. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. Would you like to see me pull a rabbit out of my hat? Oh, wait. Maybe pull out another movie. Who knows? But let me know. I'm here for you, and I will answer any questions, comments, or concerns from you. So until then, gang, remember, the magic of Disney movies is always as good as a red delicious apple pie, mmm, pie, and always deep inside of you. Only next Sunday. Who's afraid of a big bad wolf? Hide your children. Everyone except her. She's Little Red Riding Hood. With the little basket. But even the bravest soul. Let's kill the wolf. We'd be heroes. Is no match. Oh my god, how big is this thing? For the unimaginable. What kind of monster is this? ABC's Once Upon a Time. All new next Sunday at 8, 7, 7. And we put hug there and kiss there. Alright. Quiet, please. Rolling. Take six. on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. See? Wow! It's Disney On Demand. Dibs! Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. Okay, I'm convinced. And a little disgusted.
All right, all of you D-heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed this week's show. Lots of fun things happened, and I want to extend a very special thank you once again to the very talented Beverly Elliott for stopping in here this week. Yes, Granny from Once Upon a Time, that show is fantastic. I love every other aspect that you've been part of as well, from Who's Harry Crumb, Unforgiven, and so much more, and we'll be on the lookout for your Valentine's Day movie that is debuting as well. So thank you, Beverly, for taking that time out and stopping in with all the D-heads here this week. I'd also like to thank the D-team of Aaron, Cody, Nathan, and Jason, all the guys for hanging out here this week and adding their signature segments so all of you don't have to listen to me ramble week in and week out. Remember to connect up with the D-Team on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio. Com. And most of all, I want to thank you, the D-Heads. Without you, there would be no show. I say that every single week, and it definitely is true. Without you, there would be no show. We wouldn't be coming to you and bringing you these magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney. So thank you, the D-Heads. Now, next week, we have lots more thing on the horizon, lots of fun. But before I clue you in as to who's going to be stopping in for that, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete archives, our latest news blogs, our Lifetime of Disney player, and so much more right there on the official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio. You can also connect up with us over the social media outlets on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can join the DizWire Disney Discussion Group on Facebook as well. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and so many other places. Just search Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, or Disney On Demand, all of which are going to help you find our fun, unique, quirky little show. And remember, you can find all these links on our official website at DizRadio.com. DIZRadio.com. And if you want to get the latest shows on your mobile device, your Android, your tablet, and more, just subscribe through iTunes and Stitcher Radio. By subscribing through iTunes and Stitcher Radio, you can get the latest shows as they get released right there on your mobile device, your Android, your iPhone, your tablet, and more, and listen to them as soon as they get released. So, all of you DADs, with that said, next week, we're going to the future. I'm going to leave it at that. Yes, we just went to the past. We went to a mythical place full of legends, fantasy, and fun. Next week, we're going to go to the future. Well, in a way, because this family was in the future, then came to our time, then went back to the future. I'm going to leave it at that. See if you can put it together where our next week's guest is coming from. So, all VD heads, with that said, lots of fun things on the horizon. And I'm going to leave you closing out here this week with one of my favorite songs. Because when I think of love, I think of Valentine's Day. I think of my family, my wife, my four kids. And some of the things that I love to do with them is just sitting and chilling and relaxing on the front porch and making those memories happen. So with that, take that time, slow down this weekend, and remember, never neglect family for business. Until next week, all of you D-heads, I'll catch you online and have a fantastic weekend and happy Valentine's Day. Three creaky wooden stairs those squeaky rocking chairs The well-worn welcome mat The lattice vines The happy times All I wanna do When the day is through is linger here on the front porch with you from the wicker swing
while the night birds sing We'll watch the fireflies sparking Do some sparking too How the hours fly As the moon drifts by How sweet the air As we stare at the sky Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.